Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Here we are for Loki episode three. We are halfway through this limited series of six episodes. Lamentis is the name <laughs> of this. And I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how I'm going to pronounce it. I think I did it pretty well. Um, but that is, yeah, <laughs> it's episode this is episode three, sorry. So we are halfway through the Loki s- story, which already makes me slightly sad because of how much I'm really enjoying this series as a whole. And I still have a lot of questions um, going into it. But this episode is interesting. And interesting, I think, in two different ways, personally for me. Interesting in the way we are being introduced to the variant, the second Loki, and how we build on that character. And then interesting because I feel it almost, I don't know why, but it almost feels slightly unlokeyish mm. for the first 25 minutes or so. Um, and I, at the end of the day, you never really know if it's just Loki just playing a whole long game in this mischievousness, but I've, I felt it a bit unlokeyish. Yeah. I don't really know how to describe that as such, but I just feel I thought, and maybe we'll we will see this eventually. But from the way we were introduced to the variant, the second Loki, the female Loki that we have, was very sinister, was very dark, very powerful, was very mischievous and intelligent in the way she was beating everybody, and I felt almost like it's not the character we then got in this episode so to speak uh, as a it was almost like a slightly not as confident oh. person who wasn't quite always ahead of the game but i feel there is obviously a lot more to this character i'm just i'm just stating that the first initial introductions left me kind of thinking oh, this is an interesting way to go. I don't know how you felt, but that that's where I sat, especially for the first half of this episode. But where did that kind of sit with you? I mean, it was definitely a, a different episode compared to the first two. Um, I can say that much. I mean, you know, we got the massive reveal at the end of you know, episode two that, you know, it, it was a Loki, but not, you know, a male Loki as that we'd kind of been shown in various, you know, forms <laughs> i think we had like a centaur sort of loki at one point you know kind of being hologram but it was the lady loki you know that was the kind of big reveal and actually you know um from the way that she's kind of you know beating the tva and outsmarting them i mean clearly girls do it better uh, when when it comes to lokis um so yeah i mean that was a, a really cool reveal i thought you know the end of episode two i don't think we even touched too much upon it you know like at one point but you know it's it's in the last kind of episode but yeah i mean the fact that she's here and she's, um, yeah, I mean, kind of so capable of, of 
outsmarting the TVA and always seems to be not just one step, but two, three, four steps ahead of them. Um, and then all of a sudden, yeah, to get this episode where it's so interesting because in the first episode, she was really mysterious and kind of, you know, we we're finding things out about her. And then this episode, you just get a full on episode of, of her and what she's kind of like, not even just as Loki, the sort of planner and, and, you know, uh, kind of, God of mischief, really, like actually, you know, really kind of, we, we don't really understand anything too much about her plans, really, and, and, and her drive, really. I mean, we just get so much about her character and the type of person that she is, you know, um, just from having to interact with Loki, which, um, yeah, so completely different episode to the first two. When I first watched it, I was, I really enjoyed this episode. And then I watched it again. I was like, again, yeah, as you said, like so many questions came up because I kind of realized that, yeah, we, we barely got anything about her kind of we get little drops of information such as that, you know, she thinks that the TVA are kind of um, this kind of overbearing rule creators that she essentially doesn't want to be part of, but is begrudgingly so. But then she doesn't really want to rule either. It seems, you know, that, you know, cause Loki's kind of questioning her at one point saying like, Oh, well, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to rule? And she kind of just wants to create chaos and then leave it there really. So I think she just, is out to kind of so far it seems to to take out the time lords and, and their whole their whole scheme so um but we don't know why you know we don't know if she's been kind of wronged by the time lords or if there's something you know she knows about them and perhaps they because again the time lords are just as mysterious as her we don't really know what their kind of ultimate goal is how they're writing the universe and why they're doing all these things uh, we haven't even seen them yet so yeah it, it's it's again like an interesting episode in so many ways that we you know i I actually really loved the kind of the how casual it was between the lokis like once they realized that they have to be together on a on a planet that's about to explode um you know a mega high pressure situation and completely out of the realms of what they were both expecting you know loki was kind of then getting used to the tva desk job um and whereas she was like you know embarking on this huge plan that she's you know which involves so many layers and steps and, you know, uh, locations and everything really, um, that, you know, they're both kind of taken completely out of those things and put onto this apocalyptic planet. And that makes for some really good viewing, actually, I think in terms of, I think exploring the characters just as they are as people, um, which was such a side step from the whole thing, you know, that, it's kind of ingenious in a way in terms of the writing that, because as I said, like at points I'm, I'm almost like a little bit like, um, cause it is a limited series to six episodes. It's almost like you want so much more to get from it, but then actually what you've been given is something completely, you know, different to what you thought that you'd get. And actually that's, you know, it, I mean, it's really well made still. I mean, the whole series, I mean, all the kind of scenes on the planet and, <laughs> Again, their interactions with the people on the planet. I mean, you know, we only have this one episode, but you get so much of this lamentous one, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, it's got another planet colliding into it. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a really left field kind of episode, but really enjoyable points, actually. And again, it revealed loads of stuff about Loki as well himself and and kind of it's this whole character arc of his development and, you know, him talking about his mother and how he learned magic and, uh, you know, singing you know, drunken songs on, on, on trains and, you know, um, and even, you know, 
in terms of Loki across dimensions, like the types of magic that they have, that he's clearly more magical than she is, but then she has different types of magic than mm. him, which perhaps could he learn and could they like teach each other these things? I think so from the way they were talking about it. And so, yeah, again, it was just really kind of insightful into the character of Loki and, and exploring, you know, how he works and, and really, <laughs> I, I suppose it, it's just all part of this evolution of his character, really, and where they want to take him for, like, the rest of Marvel, you know, the kind of well, Marvel Phase 4 going forward, really. Yeah, and it's... The way you see Loki's character in this particular episode, I feel... I'm just trying to rack my brain here, but I feel it's the Loki that you only really see twice before... And I feel that is when he first learns about the death of his mother oh. and he puts that spell on to make him look like he's in a different place within that cell. But when he takes the spell away, he's kind of, you know, just completely a mess. Yeah. Um, and then the second time is, uh, well, no, three times maybe. So the second time is when the passing of his father, oh. when he is with Thor. Um, in, I believe it's Norway or, or somewhere like that, and he's dressed as a suit. So I believe that's in Thor Ragnarok, maybe yeah. I want to say, or right at the beginning of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, I think so. I feel. Yeah. Uh, and then the other time is when he confronts Thanos and clearly realises that he's lost. In, in that battle, and they're the kind of only other times. The uh, the other times is you kind of, sometimes you'll get a glimpse of it, but it will go back to being mischievous. And it's like, I, I guess it is very much, and I'm kind of seeing it more so now, it's very much what he explained to Morbius, is it's like the overall trick, isn't it? It's this whole masquerade as this other particular person. That is the trick. That's the big mischievous thing that he's playing on everyone. It's The whole thing is a trick. Um, the setting of this particular one, I love the disaster zone in the fact it's a moon crashing. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. they're far too chill for a moon that's crashing <laughs> into a planet when you haven't got a long time. And they're just like, just walking along, just going, yeah, we'll get there. But just, <laughs> there's no, no real rush. There's only a moon crashing into this planet, yeah. which is a complete apocalyptic event of mass proportions that wipes out everything and every one. Um, the one thing that for me, it's almost like in a bad batch way, in a shift, I found there was a point when they were getting close to, after they kind of had their moment, they managed to smuggle their way onto that raft, so to speak, which was going towards where the liftoff pad was. When they kind of got to that liftoff pad area, I feel it turned into a different episode. Hmm. almost it almost went back into being the loki we'd seen of the previous two episodes it's almost like okay we've done that insight now into the two characters and we've told that element of that story and now buckle up and get back on the loki train because <laughs> pun because they're on a train get yep. it uh, get back on the loki train and um we go full blast back into where we were for the first two episodes, like come back along the ride. But I also I loved it because it very much felt the color schemes mm. uh, of this particular episode, Thor Ragnarok, Guardians of the Galaxy, very Jack Kirby-esque, very like colorful. Yeah, and purple and red and yeah, absolutely. Reds and the golds and everything kind of coming together. 
Love that. Absolutely love that for this episode. Um, I don't know about you, but that's where it took me in my mind. It took me to those other like themes that we've seen in a couple of other films. Yeah, definitely. And actually, you know, it's interesting that you say you picked up on that, you know, with the train scene with Loki that, you know, when Loki's kind of back on like the first class carriage, he all of a sudden starts acting like that arrogant royalty again. So clearly he still hasn't shaken off that character of like, I'm a prince. I'm a god of, you know, I'm a god of Asgard and, uh, you know, I, I'm entitled and, you know, I can do what I want. You know? On the floor. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, <laughs> and actually thinking back to it, you know, the fact that he gets onto that train as a guard and then starts acting completely not like a guard. I mean, it actually shows Loki up to be pretty stupid, you know, just generally in terms of like considering his environment and like how he's being perceived, you know, um, that he just, you know, he's arrogant. This weird arrogance confidence yeah. that it will just it will just work out even though the plan and yeah. I think she says it as well. She's like, that's not even a plan. Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> absolutely. Out. <laughs> and I think that's why like it's so funny with her, uh Sylvie, as you know, as she likes to be referred to, which again was also hilarious. The fact that she's kind of done away with Loki as a moniker. And actually the fact that she is t- you know, going by the name of Sylvie, like you can see just how separate she thinks of herself from the Lokis and this is probably why you know because the Lokis are so wrapped up in their own ego um you know when actually their grand plan plans of changing things and taking over the world like they they never come to fruition because again their ego is their sort of biggest enemy and and you know the thing that doesn't allow them to see threats or you know um times where they're you know being weak or silly or stupid or whatnot um and yeah so that was kind of a yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a really interesting scene, and as you said, like it, it really t- took a shift as well. From I, I thought there was th- those kind of like two big shifts. Like once they're on the train, there was a big shift, and then obviously once they're off the train and trying to get onto that um, that the the arc, uh, as they call it, again there was another shift because they're there sort of panicking in a way, and it was a bit desperate and. You know, and even by the by the time that you know the episode ends, it was really like quite bleak at you know at certain points. So. Um, yeah, it was uh, an interesting episode in, in terms of that, that tone, that, especially compared to the first two um, and the way it shifts and just the way that they kind of, you know, I, I suppose their relationship and how it evolves over the episode is quite funny. You know, once they're on the, you know, when they're still on the planet and things aren't, you know, about to be imminently destroyed. I mean, there's that great scene in the house with the, with the lady who's guarding the door with that, you know, pulse gun or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, both of them kind of showing their approaches to, to situations really. And actually how both of them don't work really, you know, it's kind of an indication that both characters are really, you know, they have their, their set ways and, you know, they're still trying to use them, but actually maybe it's separately, they don't work, but perhaps they have to come together in some way. And again, I'm, I'm curious to see how their relationship will develop going forward because I mean, at points I thought they were kind of, you know, there was, there was, even weirdly flirting, which is kind of a strange, you know, thing in this dimension. I mean, now we have <laughs> one Loki with a, you know, a male Loki with a female Loki. And, you know, um, I think even at one point they kind of talk about like their partners and things like that. And actually, you know, there's quite an interesting reveal with Loki that he's like, well, you know, a bit of both. So he's, you know, Marvel's, I don't know if there's other, you know, <laughs> bisexual characters in that, but they casually drop that in there, which I thought was quite cool. Um, so yeah, and like the fact that they have this kind of interesting relationship developing, it's like I don't know where anything is going really at the moment. And then by the time the episode finishes, it's like 
holy crap, you know, <laughs> like they're doomed in a way, you know. Uh, so it was, it's, yeah, I mean, this episode was a real curveball for me, you know. Um, but, you know, we're kind of at the midway point, really, for it now, which is quite interesting uh, to see where it will go, you know, from here, really. I mean, yeah, we've kind of effectively got, I'm think I'm putting fingers and kisses because we know with these Disney Plus series is sometimes we get longer episodes and shorter episodes and longer episodes. The Loki ones are all sticking in the 40 to 50 minutes, yeah. but I'm kind of really hoping on the sixth episode we get like an hour long episode Oof. or something, you know, just to tie everything together. We might well not, but, you know, come on, mm. they are quite generous to us sometimes. So fingers, fingers crossed. That's what we will get. Um, there's like a couple of things I really noticed because Sylvie's character has obviously got, she's in her Loki um, dress, uh, so to speak, and she has horns on with one ripped off. Yeah. And I feel there's going to be at some point you're going to get the other Loki in his um, kind of Loki dress and his yeah. horns are going to be the massive ones and he's going to be like, yeah. ah, <laughs> my yeah, yours you know exactly what i feel that that is something that's going to happen but the other really interesting thing that i feel we get from this episode almost like a confirmation so we have hunter c20 character that we see right at the beginning having the cocktails with sylvie and you know oh, yeah. Yeah. Completely throws you but then we get the explanation when they're talking to each other as to how she does that so she says you can control weak-minded people Yep. by just having to touch them and having their connection. But the ones with the stronger mind, she has to go into their mind and find a happy place, almost a memory that she, she can then intercept and like live in that memory and talk to them and get the information that way, which is the way she got the information as to where the time Lords are. Absolutely. By going into Hunter C20's memory. But, but what we also get from that is the fact that, there's that reveal that she was a human or lived on earth, had a complete yeah. life before then coming to work for the TVA. Yeah. And, and actually, yeah, they, I think she states that they're all variants All the TVA are variants. Yes. You know? That was another big reveal, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So like kind of, it opens these, I mean, Loki was kind of onto this in episode two anyway, but almost for us as the viewer, it opens this another grand box of possible story options, which makes you want to think of where Morbius is from. Yeah. And yeah. the and why he loves why he loves jet ski so much. <laughs> yes, because he's probably from the nineties and probably had a jet ski or had like a jet ski poster in his room or was just a massive fan of Baywatch. Or he was like selling them or something. He was just like a beach dude, you know, and he's just like, Hey, you you wanna ride a jet ski today, dude? Like Yeah, yeah not probably, today, Mobius. <laughs> you probably saw an episode of Baywatch with uh, David Hasselhoff on a jet ski with CJ, thinking, <laughs> going, That's the life I want. Only people with jet skis get that life. And then that was when he was taken and now his whole life is is there. So he just has this one little grain of memory which is just out of his whole entire previous life. <laughs> The only grain that left was jet skis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I'm curious to see what what, what this variant, um, like, well, this big reveal of, like, the fact that they are all variants, and I suppose all from Earth, really, as well. Like, as you said, like, how much of these backstories will we get? You know, will we get backstories into, like, Mobius and, like, how he came to be, a, you know, a TVA agent? 
uh, and also Sylvie and, you know, um, and her kind of, because that initial flashback, yeah, as you said, it was kind of like a little bit jarring where you're like, oh, okay, now we're in, a, we're on earth normally having drinks in a bar. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, I'm kind of just, yeah, wondering whether, you know, we'll, we'll get that sort of thing with Sylvie and, and kind of seeing how, you know, a little bit of this history that she talks about with Loki about her own mother and, 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 you know, how she's come to kind of be in, in um, I mean, she's, and also how she taught herself magic, she says. I mean, that was kind of another interesting part that, you know, whereas Loki's there saying, oh, yes, my mother taught me magic and it was, you know, fantastic and I love my mother and she was great. Uh, you know, with Sylvie, it's her mother died young and then she taught herself magic and now she's essentially destroying the singular timeline in the universe. I mean, you know, there's a quite a big jump there. So I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, that we, we get some gaps filled in with a few flashbacks, a few, you know, um, other casual drinks with friends, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's, and uh, of course, you know, how will that variant reveal play into, you know, the rest of the series, you know, um, you know, if, if Loki, original Loki, you know, um, reveals that to Mobius, will Mobius, will Mobius know that? Or will, is that, you know, a kind of secret of the TVA or, um, or is it not, or is it just going to blow the whole thing open, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a two-way street there, isn't it? It's whether the, they already know this is the case, and it's okay. almost like, are they keeping it on the hush-hush, or that's just the way it's done, or they don't know this, and they're all just kind of, maybe the Time Lords aren't the ones in control. Maybe it's the Eternals. I don't know. Maybe it's someone who shouldn't be in control, or is in control, or it's really hard to know at yeah. this point in time, isn't it? It's just a lot of questions that we have that need answering and Mm -hmm. we've got three episodes to answer it but at the same time it makes me feel like it's and I have this all the time I had it on WandaVision I had it on Falcon and Winter Soldier Artif is there enough time (laughs) oh mate like I mean well you know I mean with infinite timelines that that, you know technically there always is enough time really there's always enough time (laughs) there's another timeline where where we're talking through this and they have 15 episodes so let's go to there and get a bit more in depth (laughs) actually speaking of timelines that's another interesting thing about this episode is that you know at the end of the last episode we have Sylvie essentially doing that timeline terrorism uh, job uh, (laughs) or whatever we'd call a terrorism activity or event um where she's dropping those kind of, you know, um, timeline grenades into various timelines and firing off various branches. And that, again, that was a massive part of the the ending of the last episode. And in this episode, it doesn't even touch upon it. Or, you know, we don't even get a flashback to the TVA kind of... I mean, we we see her at the TVA and the TVA kind of in a bit of chaos, but we don't really get much about, you know, much more about that. And, yeah, again, like that's, you know, a really interesting point. And, you know, will that bring out the Time Lords or will they have to rewrite everything? And I mean, again, we don't even know about the Time Lords and what they're doing. And, and you know, so it's, it's again, like <laughs> three episodes left, you know, uh, what are they going to kind of, I mean, what's going to happen really? I, I, I mean, at this point, this is kind of the intriguing part is that I really have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. I mean, you know, this episode leaves them essentially kind of doomed on this planet. You know, the art gets destroyed. Um, so that, that plan is completely gone. It seems like there's not, you know, I mean, the, the, the time teleporter that they have is destroyed by Loki, foolishly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, wow. You know, in terms of 
as I said, it was a left field episode, but by the end of it, you really have no idea what's going to be the fate of them uh, or the TVA or anything really. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to like <laughs> next week's episode to see essentially what direction the series now goes in, you know, um, will, will Loki and Sylvie kind of join forces further? Is Loki still on the side of the TVA? Will Mobius ever ride a jet ski? I mean, Ben, <laughs> so many questions to be answered. <laughs> so many questions. I know almost feel like the last one is the most important. I feel we really need to know that jet ski question um, or the answer to it. And I feel that maybe save will save not only one universe, but multiple universes. So I feel that's where we kind of have to leave it in the sense that is it all, is this our prediction, our Loki prediction? that jet skis are the answer to everything. Hi guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and may the force be with you. Um, um.